Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. When you go there, you will find two links, the first being the link to all of our podcasts. The first podcast on that link would be, assuming you're listening and hearing this right now, not just simply memorizing what I'm about to tell you, but if you're listening in real time right now, well, the first link on the podcast right now, the first, the first link that you'll see there on that list would be this show. But there's a second link as well. You must know this by now, but we'll repeat it. It's, it's fair. Uh, there is a radio loop link, as we call it, and that is a link to this show running in a loop on a separate computer here in the studio, uh, garlanded and, and with little spotlights. No, it's just another computer. And basically, it runs this show in a loop, and when you hit that second link, you will pick up that show wherever in the loop it is, in a very analog-ish sort of way, but approaching that analogism-ness-ishly through a, uh, a rather digital sort of uh, entry mechanism, hitting a link. And you will listen to the show beginning wherever it is. You'll get to the end of the show and invariably will want to know how it all started. Well, you'll find that out in about four seconds or less when the show restarts itself. So take your choice. And, of course, you can always find Center Left Radio by simply looking for Center Left Radio wherever, wherever you find your podcasts. We're, one way or the other, we're just very glad you've joined us. It is the 23rd of June. We're finally into uh, astronomical summer. That means the days are getting shorter now. Uh, you wouldn't know it from the weather here at the f at 41 degrees north latitude in the lower Hudson Valley of New York of New York State. Uh, it's it, it's been in the 60s. It's been sort of cloudyish. It's felt much more like um, early November than than early summer. But uh, I, I have no doubt that will change at some point in the future, and probably not the very far distant future. But it is a Friday also, meaning that David Bach will be joining us in the second half of our show. That's going to be in a bit. We're just basically getting uh, warmed up in the first half. But I have no doubt that David will have uh, a substantial amount to contribute and add to whatever we have to say this morning. And, of course, plenty of uh, original thoughts of his own, not necessarily following off the, of uh, those of yours truly. But then again, David's always done it that way, and we look forward to hearing from him a bit later. There was, I, I, I just want to basically get this thought uh, out also, My, our sympathies, our, uh, our sympathies to the families of the five uh, passengers 
aboard the deep ocean submersible or whatever the name of the company was that basically was taking this group on a commercial trip at the price of a quarter million dollars a head uh, down to uh, check out the Titanic. Uh, two and a half miles down in the Atlantic of, I don't know, a few, uh, I don't know how far, how far off the coast of, of, uh, of, of, of Massachusetts. I think that's where the submersible started from. And it's, uh, I don't know, a couple of hundred, few hundred miles out where the Titanic went down. Uh, and in 19, I guess that was 1914. And we've had uh, this particular company and I'm not sure if there are others, but at least this one company has been running commercial trips down to the Titanic for people who want to explore probably the most famous ocean liner and or most definitely most famous ocean liner disaster in American and possibly world history. And, and part of going down to this... I mean, two and a half miles down in a vessel uh, that when you get to that depth, I, I think most school children know the, the, the crushing pressure of the ocean down there, the atmospheric, but it's really oceanic pressure is absolutely, uh, you know, literally crushing. And so the whole point of, of, of building a, a vessel that can handle this is to create something with an outrageously strong hull, metals of all sorts. I, again, I'm not an engineer. Uh, and, 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 uh, and, and that plus the ability of the craft to maintain an internal, uh, an internal atmosphere a, a, a breathable, pressurized space so that people who are in an area that would otherwise be utterly inaccessible to humans can survive. And even with all that, you, you're, you're sitting flat on the floor. You can't stand up in this vehicle. It, it's, it's too small for that. You're sitting. It's going to be, I think it's an hour or two hours down, however long you're going to be down there, and then another hour or so back up to the surface. And, uh, but all of that for the, uh, the simple sum of about a quarter of a million dollars. And more importantly, I think, to the people who are running the, the, this uh, tour group, if you will, this rather amazingly exclusive tour group, is that in order to go, you have to literally sign away every single right that you could possibly ever have or your family could possibly ever have to claim damages or to sue anyone, beginning, of course, with the company that, that you paid the money to, should something go wrong. Because going wrong at two and a half miles down invariably means catastrophic disaster. And that is precisely what seems to have happened here, that the, 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 the sub imploded. If you've, if you've ever seen, if you ever watched the old Mr. Wizard show, and I don't, and this is a little graphic, I imagine, but, but it's really a sense of what has happened here. 
the uh, they there's off there's a one experiment that used to be done on all of these science shows showing what could be done to a, a normal metal can what we call a tin can it's really aluminum whatever it is what could happen if suddenly uh, if there was a sudden uh, total absence of uh, pressure if if the, if if a if the vehicle, if the, if the can was totally depressurized instantaneously. I've even seen this done with oil drums. And there is this crunching. It just, it just, it goes from a solid shape to pancaked, or, or depending on how it's made, it could, I guess it could fracture and splinter, but if, if it's a relatively, uh, a relatively soft metal, it'll just pancake out, and it could happen, in, 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 depending on how fast the pressure was applied, and when you're sitting underwater uh, at, at two and a half miles, or however far down this, this was, the pressure is already astronomical. They weren't all the way to the bottom, apparently, is what the story goes. But the, the, if, if there was a loss of cabin pressure, the pressure holding this vessel in a solid form, and that would happen if there was some kind of breach some kind of break, something happened to the physical structure. Or, or another possibility, if the internal atmosphere suddenly failed. One or the other, at that depth, would result in an instantaneous, instantaneous collapse of this vessel. And in the case of this particular vessel, probably after collapsing, splintering into however many pieces. I, I, the point I'm making about this is that death came for these five adventurers quite instantaneously. And, and it's a sad thought. But if, if there's any comfort to their families, uh, there wasn't the time to suffer. There may have been time to recognize that there was an impending disaster, but if the hull breached, all of that would have happened so quickly that there really wouldn't have been much time to think about it or have any kind of thoughts about it before essentially um, everything was transformed into a compressed whatever. Uh, it's a sad, sad situation. But people, people do these things. Uh, the, the adventure of going, I mean, and, and I, just think about this for a moment, actually. Uh, the adventure of going down to the Titanic, the, the adventure of, of going up uh, in, uh, in, in, one of, uh, in one of the vehicles that has been put out by these rather wealthy gentlemen to take people to the edge of space. No one is quite, no one is taking tourists uh, into orbit yet, but they're taking into suborbital flights and letting them float around up there for a little while. I know that uh, uh, Musk has a company that does this. Uh, uh, Richard Branson has a company that I believe is about to get back on this. Uh, Amazon uh, has has done a few of these. There was this. Remember? Do you remember this big uh, 
to do when uh, when uh, Shatner, William Shatner of Star Trek fame, you know, Captain Kirk went up and he was all tearful and it was amazing and everything. And God bless the guy. He's about 90 years old at this stage and the game was able to take the flight. People do these things because they can, because it means something, because it represents, the, yes, it's dangerous, but it's discovery, it's adventure, it's, it's, it's moving, it's expressing the human need to do something more, to push the boundaries of experience and knowledge. And, and, and as much as it may seem daredevilish at the time, I, I feel that it's that very attitude, it's that sense of wanting to see where the boundary is, how far we can go, what we want to do, that is behind all discovery, certainly behind all exploration, certainly behind all of our space activity, all the things that have put vehicles on Mars, taken, taken uh, satellites uh, out past and, and discovered, really discovered Pluto, having Voyager 1 and 2 really passing outside of even the heliosphere, the, the, the presumed boundary of what we call our solar system out into interstellar space and, and having a sense of wonder about this. All of that is somehow a product of and, and, the, and the motivator for simultaneously, it goes in both directions, for people who still want to experience those boundaries and do it on their own. Not just read about it, not just hear about others that have done it. Doing it on their own. No, they're spoiled rich kids and, and they basically are, are just a, and they're and they're just suicidal. No, I, I I don't see it that way. There's danger. Oh boy, yeah. You signed, you signed a, a wad of papers uh, saying that there's not a damn thing I can do about this if something happens. Although obviously, uh, you know, there, there's some reassurance that uh, that the 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 the, uh, the the people running the show have taken a lot of precautions. And this this particular vessel that 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 imploded uh, had gone down a, a number of times before on a number of other trips, taken a number of other people. People who were commenting on this over the past several days were themselves passengers on this vessel. So I, I, I don't hold it against these people. This is not just a joyride. It's, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's pushing the boundaries of exploration. And yeah, you got to be a rich guy to do it. But it's still something fundamentally positive in the human psyche and in the human the, the, the human state that we are in right now as explorers we we have we know there's so much more to learn so much more to find out and our urge to do it is expressed in many different ways those with the means and who are so motivated you have to have both will continue to do this sort of thing and i say more power to them, and, and uh, Godspeed to your spirit, says, as you ascend or move into the next phase of, of spiritual existence, however it may work out for you. 
to the five who, who died and left this, this existence because they wanted something more. Another thing here is that, is that you know, we always, you hear these uh, ads, no, no animals were harmed in the, in the making of this uh, commercial or, or in, the, in the development of this product. We're, we're always, we're, we're very conscious these days, those people who are conscious, or who have to be legally, certainly, uh, of, of not violating certain principles in, and, and certain rights as we, as we go forward. In this case, as I say, these people had a right to sign away uh, any rights that they would have, to, certainly for their families, to claim uh, whatever it is they would claim as a result of that. And society as a whole was not hurt by this. This is not the same, and if this is going to be a bit of a leap, please stay with me. Hold my hand. We're going to leap together into this. I'm, I'm going to try going from what happened in that deep-sea submersible and the mindset and the effects of it to what is currently going on within our governance system. Now, ju just after we put up the show... Uh, I guess it was on Tuesday. Uh, Eileen Cannon, the judge, the, the lead judge in the South Florida, in the Mar-a-Lago documents case, rather appropriately came out with a date, a trial date, August 14th, this coming, not, not, not 2024, no, this, this coming August 14th, well within the 70-day window that is the not so much prescribed, but, but preferred, normally recognized window of time within which a federal criminal indictment trial should begin after the indictment has been unsealed and read, as it were, to the defendant. And Eileen Cannon, to, to her credit, has gone ahead and made sure that that is what this is. Now, there's going to be all sorts of, uh, of motions that'll be made. There are uh, classified documents that have to be somehow either skiffed or some, in some way set up so that they can be admitted into evidence in a manner that will not uh, basically violate their classification. Their, their classification has been so grossly violated at this point. That's, that's part of the whole thing about what Trump has done and what the problems are and why we're, we're going to trial on this in the first place. But all of that will take some time. So the likelihood of this starting on August 11th, the trial, are vague at best. It'll be a few more weeks or probably months after that. But, but, one can also assume that anyone with the, uh, with the trial savvy, with the judicial or, or the legal savvy of a Jack Smith, the special prosecutor on this case working on behalf of the Justice Department, will have taken all of this into account and will do everything in his power to make sure that this case begins, goes to court as rapidly as humanly possible
Knowing full well that the further along things go, the deeper we get into a presidential election season, the more potentially politicized this gets. And I would think a Jack Smith would be averse to that notion as well, not wanting this to happen in a political season. Now, already, it seems, now this, this is, again, this has happened since our last show. The prosecution, the government, has turned over just countless amounts of evidence uh, gleaned, taken from uh, grand jury appearances, uh, uh, transcripts of, of, of uh, or uh, transcripts of, of, of emails and tapes and everything you can imagine, all sorts of electronic stuff that, that has been acquired and accumulated by, I believe it was the 20, is it 27 people? That number somehow got released recently. 27 investigators, primary investigators, who knows how many people on their staffs, but 27 primary investigators who have been working under Jack Smith, at least on the Mar-a-Lago stuff. Who knows how many more within DOJ have been working on the uh, January 6th materials. There's stuff popping on that. We're not going to go there. And, and, and basically, this is in an effort to move things forward. Now, no sooner does Eileen Cannon announce that she is, uh, that the date has been set, then a motion is made on the floor of the House of Representatives. There's no accident involved in the timing of this. And I forget who actually made the motion on the Republican side. But the end result was that Adam Schiff, who was the lead person, he was the lead, uh, I guess, uh, what was the term that's used uh, in the impeachment, uh, the, the lead witness or the, the, the lead investigator on the Democratic side for the impeachment of Donald Trump, the original one when Donald basically refused to uh, issue the money uh, or issue the, uh, the money that was supposed to buy the arms for Zelensky before the Russians actually attacked until Zelensky in Ukraine basically would produce um, uh, evidence of Hunter Biden and Joe, therefore Joe Biden's guilt, that Donald Trump actually held that up. And that was his first impeachment. And as, at the moment that Donald Trump's trial date is set, this is the moment that I forget who started the, was it, was it Boebert or maybe it was uh, the other crazy, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the decides that we have to go ahead and now it's a tit for tat. We've got to, we've got to hit back. And, and what we do is we, we basically do something as ugly as we possibly can using the power of the House of Representatives in a way that is absolutely contrary to what is intended. 
So we now go ahead and we do something that we know is not supported by facts. Adam Schiff was doing precisely. Well, no, I'm sorry, Schiff. No, that this wasn't about the. Uh, this wasn't about that. No, they were hitting at Schiff supposedly because oh, he, because he had investigated Trump in the Russian uh, matter, the 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 influence that Russia was exerting on the 2016 election. Adam Schiff had the had the temerity to follow the information that was supplied by the Senate Intelligence Committee at that time uh, headed by Marco Rubio, Republican Senator of Florida, which issued what was then a joint report saying that it was very clear to them that there had been uh, Russian influence in the, uh, or Russian influence on or cooperation with the Trump election team at that time in, 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 during the 2016 election. He was responding to, Schiff was doing what a Republican-led Senate committee reported had been done. He was doing his duty. He was absolutely doing what anyone in his position would be expected to do, begin the investigation that the report said was required because Donald and certainly people under Donald were people of interest for an investigation, a counterintelligence or counterespionage uh, uh, case had to be opened. It was opened and Schiff went ahead and proceeded with it. For this, at this late date, and also for his manager-related activities at the actual impeachments of Donald, he was paid back, just simply political payback, not factually based, not legally mandated, not necessary in any way, shape, or form, but because Donald now has a trial date, and Donald must have said, to Bobert or to uh, whoever, whoever the whoever the crazies are that he communicates with in the Congress, we've got to push back, and you push back any way you can. You push back hard. You hit them hard. You do something nasty. You just don't hold back. It's time to basically no more take off the gloves. You just do. You gotta do crazy, crazy stuff. Sure. So let's uh, let's censure Adam Schiff and the Republicans. Actually, stick together on the House floor. They, this this doesn't have to go through the Senate. It's simply a censure of one of their own. It doesn't take him out of the House of Representatives. It's a slap. It's it's a statement. It's a way we can get to you. Be afraid of us, say the House Republicans, to Adam Schiff, and by extension, anyone who would dare do anything to Donald. You see what we're doing to Adam Schiff? You realize how crazy and irrational and totally emotion-based and without substance this is? Do you, do, you see how, do you see how nuts we are? Do you see how willing we are to subordinate 
our role as Congress people, our sworn obligation to uphold the Constitution? Do you see how we're willing to suborn everything about our, our oath of office in the Congress to an emotional d dictum of a former disgraced, twice impeached, twice, uh, twice indicted president? who basically has no other motivation but his own narcissistic needs and needs to get even. And we somehow find ourselves emotionally linked. And because of that emotional link, we now, and we have brought others with us, a, a base. And now there is also a practical, a, um, an electoral link to him. We need, we think we need him because the base now is following us or are we following the base? We don't know, but we're all trapped in this deeply emotional, deeply disturbed bubble that now basically is expanding, at least within our world it's expanding. And it requires more and more action to feed itself, to prove its own, to validate itself. And what it must do and what will continue to do is stuff that is beyond the scope or beyond the permissible boundaries of what we're supposed to be doing as members of Congress. We have absolutely no basis whatsoever for censuring Adam Schiff. But we've got to do it because, well, our emotions, Donald, us, the base, our anger, our fear, our realization that there is a real world, real consequence, honest, correctly reactive event happening, several of them happening to Donald, his indictments. We must react to the real world exercise, the appropriate exercise of judicial and other authority under the Constitution by going in the exact opposite direction because we have no defense. We have no way of playing on the field in which the real world stuff is happening. So we must take ourselves off the real world fear a stage. We, well, real world in terms of, of using mechanisms and vehicles that should otherwise be available to us if, in fact, we had a valid basis for responding. We don't. So we have no choice because we are so emotionally embedded in this and our base is so emotionally embedded. We've got to go, we have to basically go off the playing field and do, and, and, and I mean anything, we can do to remind ourselves that we still have power. And it doesn't matter that the power is not based in reality. It doesn't matter that it's not based in fact. It doesn't matter that we're not right, that right isn't on our side. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that we have the capacity to express our anger and our fear through a raw demonstration of power that is utterly extra-constitutional, utterly without basis, and we don't give a damn who would offends. We just gotta do it. And it, it went a step further than that. 
it got to the point where Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and this Lorena Bobbitt were actually having almost a cat fight on the floor of the house, arguing over who would basically be able to bring an impeachment action against Joe Biden. Yeah, this, this, this was on top of the, on top of the, uh, this whole censure of, of Adam Schiff. They, I guess it was Bobbert who might have started, Bobert, Bobbert, Bobblehead, and, 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 and Marjorie Taylor Greene wanted in on it because both, it seems, were looking to do fundraising off of it. I'm sure both are doing that right now. They basically argued, or nearly got, uh, McCarthy, the speaker, they were arguing to bring up a motion for, to, to have Joe Biden impeached, simply impeach the guy. We, for what? Uh, that would be the obvious question. Well, um, the rather sort of shrug your shoulders and, well, we got to have some reason, don't we? But we don't have to really be legal about it. We don't have to be right about it. God knows. We're, we're, we're in that direction. We, we, there's nothing, there's nothing, bind, nothing within reality is binding us here. Nothing within the Constitution binds us. Nothing within the sphere of normal congressional propriety binds us. Nothing in the, in the area of tradition. Nothing in the area of norms. Nothing in the area of... We are unbound by that because our fear and our anger basically allow us to trash all of that. And Donald is the reason we can do it and we also know something else that we, we can't say this out loud too often, but we probably say it to ourselves. And it's a frightening thought. If Donald were off the field, we got nothing. There's nothing left to us. It all is about and through, and because of, and a function of, and in support of, and supported by Donald. Nothing else is there. It's the whole fiction, the whole, the whole fantasy about our grievances and our anger. You take Donald out of the picture, and there's nothing else for us to go at. You saw a very small example of it. When Bobert and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene literally began fighting, yelling at each other on the House over who had the right to bring an impeachment against Joe Biden for, and again, what was it? Uh, I think that, um, for uh, inappropriate actions at the Southern border. Bullshit. I mean, nothing. Political, a, 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 a disagreement with policy. Uh, what? Criminality? No. Uh, uh, I, I don't like the way, you know, you, you took it a particular approach to that, and, and we don't think that we would have done it differently. Oh, let's impeach you. Th that's, that's the, the casual uh, approach that sounds like these people are, and, and this would seem to be the, 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 the new thing. You know, we, we went from Andrew Johnson, uh, just after the Civil War, who was impeached but never removed. 
Then we went to Richard Nixon, who never quite got to impeachment because he read the tea leaves and left. We got Bill Clinton, who got impeached for hanging with a you know, hanging with an intern, and that was a ridiculous reason to do an impeachment, but it got the political points. Arguably, some people say it actually won him the election later on, the reversal in opinion because of that. And now you have the attempted impeachment of Joe Biden by two of the looniest of loonies, within the loony fringe of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives for nothing, with no basis whatsoever, except to have an impeachment. It's your, oh yeah? We'll show you. The Constitution doesn't matter. Our oath of office doesn't matter. Nothing matters. We're gonna do something totally effing crazy because Donald, well, we're emotionally bound to Donald, so it's sort of like having a button on WWDD. What would Donald do? It would be completely off the wall, emotional, crazy, anything, because literally your life depends on it. Now, if you're, if you're that emotionally linked to Donald, and if you f are feeling the panic that he's feeling, the fear he's feeling, because his life is in the his 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 freedom is in the balance here. He very well, before this year is out, could find himself with prison sentences that would take up the remainder of his life. Now, if he has any brains, he'll he'll cut a deal. It, the deal may take him off the political playing field permanently. It may shut him up permanently. He would, that would be hard to enforce, but they will, because if he doesn't, he winds up in jail almost instantly. So, but but he, that's not in his personality either. It's not in his psyche, because he can't imagine himself not to be absolutely right in the right on everything, and he could never, never admit to his base that he did something wrong. That means he'll probably go to the point of, uh, of, a, of a final decision in a court case and could find himself in prison forever. There's a desperate sense that goes with that, and clearly it's being communicated to the Congress and the Republican side and to the base. Now, uh, McCarthy was agile enough to keep the vote for the impeachment off the floor for now. There could have very well been. All it takes is a simple majority. And they could have impeached Joe Biden for no reasons. No, no, no legally rational reasons. But what McCarthy did was he managed to kick whatever the, the, the problem was that they claim they have, to some committees that are already, I, I guess, uh, let's see, it would be Ron Johnson and his Everybody Hates Us committee, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, uh, the Weaponization of Government Committee, which is the most weaponized anti-government, you know, uh, committee ever put together in Washington. And I think some other, maybe the House Judiciary, I don't know, oversight or someplace and hopefully let it die there, because if every member of the House had to vote, and if there was a record that they voted to impeach Joe Biden at this point in time, ugh. but how they'll be able to prevent this from happening, how another suicide pact won't happen, how an actual impeachment trial could be avoided is becoming questionable 
for our dear, you know, brilliant, brilliant leader, McCarthy here, because people are scared and frightened and linked to Donald. My point in all this, the country as a whole is utterly opposed to these shenanigans. Okay, you have vast 60, 70% of the country is against these games. People don't want to see this type of crap going on. 65% of America still wants to have Roe v. Wade back in place. They want, a, they want an honest Supreme Court. And things are going so far in the opposite direction. And there's so much time between now and the 2024 election that I don't see how there isn't a pushback and a blowback that really, really, really has a major impact on the capacity of the Republican Party to function in any reasonably politically rational way within the context of our nation, within the context of our laws of the Constitution which would, would also reinforce why the movement that they're in the process of pushing right now is utterly fact, fact minus fact, no factual basis, and extra-constitutional, going to the, the extreme edges. We said this years ago. We've been doing this for over six years, over 800 center-left radio shows. It would come down to, do you want Donald or America? And we are very, very much on the precipice of that decision. How far will we let this go? And I, I guess for Republicans, we haven't gone far enough yet, at least for those Republicans. But will America choose to basically chuck itself away to protect the emotional bonding that has taken place between Donald and the craziest of crazies within the houses, within the walls of Congress, in various state houses, and that small percentage of the electorate that's tied into this too. Will we, will the rational types allow this to go forward? Will Republicans themselves from within take no action even as they watch it all going down the tubes? even though the vast majority of people don't want that to happen. Where does this go? You can't find that out from one minute's snapshot. You can't find that out in an instant. That's why they play the games. And boy, do we have a whole bunch of games to play still. And we also have David Bach coming in in just a moment. But even before that, we've got a little more jazz.
Hi, this is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. It is again Friday. It is Friday the 23rd of June. It's the Friday the 23rd of June in the year 2023, all of which is nice to know, but far more important than that is the statement I am about to make. Far more. David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot going on. And if you want to listen to it, you can follow me more on Twitter at Faces Ideas Now. Um, so, first, there's a couple of things before we get into this. Texas is under like a crazy heat wave. Yeah. So, I'm glad that um, climate change is fake for them uh, because it's like 120 degrees all the time. Um, totally livable. I, I, I'm sure the people of Texas are happy that they have all their guns and stuff to protect them so you can shoot the sun. Well, you can, you, yeah, you shoot the, I think they can shoot the sun. I think that's, that, that would work fine, no? Yeah. Shoot, yeah. Um, totally. So uh, on to the actual political side of stuff. Um, there was a report recently, this is kind of more of an online thing that's, that's worth mentioning, that um, test grades have fallen for the last couple of years. Yeah, um, yeah. And the argument is always, oh, with school closures. But here's the thing that they these these people who say this over and over again um, fail to mention: schools that opens that opened way sooner, like Texas and Florida and states like that, have no discernible difference in test scores from schools like California. That's interesting. They, they it had no difference. 
So what do you, what do you make I of don't that? Know what, yeah. I, I don't know what the testing difference is. I, I sure probably had to do more of the fact that there was a traumatic plague and there was nothing that people could have done about it in order to effectively huh. uh, teach kids. Wow. It's just a disruptive event and we don't have really the greatest schooling system anyway, so it had a, a shock to it. So, so that basically, no matter no matter when they reopened, and no matter what their what their COVID policies might have been, everybody across the board basically is uh, is going deeper into the tank as far as our test scores and our ability, and by extension, our ability ultimately to compete in the world. At least for uh, like certain areas, they they'll it's like specific groups. It's like I think this was like seventh graders or something. Okay. Huh. I mean, it, it certainly doesn't help that um, we're just overly hostile to children. Yeah. <laughs> that that probably has something to do with it, or the fact that there has been a 15-point drop in the Republicans' appeal of whether gay marriage is acceptable or not, which is like the first time since like 2004 that it's gone down. Yeah. Wow. And, you know. It's kind of hard for a generation that has access to more information than ever to see this type of shit and realize, oh, wait, my friends are like this. And they're calling my friends pedophiles. Ha! My God. That probably has something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, the, the, the number one cause of death being firearms or God knows what else. There's, there's probably a whole bunch of factors into it. Damn. Uh, but... Uh, notably, we we should talk about a uh, we we should talk about a, a private citizen, Hunter Biden. Uh-huh. The news made a big deal that this private citizen. Actually, you know what? Let's let's go to Trump first because he had his Brett Baer interview. Um, this is the easiest man to prosecute in the world, not because he's just blatantly blatantly guilty. He literally admits to every crime on television, every single time. Is, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Go on. Yeah. Like you can. So he did the uh, Lester Holt interview and he admitted that he was um, obstructing justice in the Mueller investigation or what became the Mueller investigation. He did the um, when they impeached him for Ukraine. He had that speech at the tarmac where he's like, yeah, I, I asked Ukraine to look into it. I asked China to look into it. That I was admitting that he held up the, the map that he drew on, which is a smaller crime. Um, he has. Like every time he does a crime, somebody has him videotaped admitting it. Yeah. Um, the when he was doing election interference and he said, "Hey, go vote twice." Um, now this he keeps he keeps repeating, "Yeah, I have all the boxes. I took them. I wasn't going to give them back." Um. Yeah. So this is why he can't find lawyers. Besides the fact that he doesn't pay them, and now his lawyers need lawyers or he lies to them. Like other than that. You know, easy client, no, no big deal. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but you, you were talking about Hunter for a second there. You started off there. Uh, the, the, I, 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 I was so surprised at the, you know, the, the reaction that everybody has been having. It seems on the Republican side, <laughs> you know, Hunter got away with this. Therefore, we have to do something stupid. You know, the Adam Schiff thing, the threatened impeachment thing, and and everybody seems to be forgetting a very simple thing about Hunter. He pled guilty. Plead, it's two simple words, plead guilty. And when you do that, you might get a deal. That's, that's how these things work. Somehow, 
the, the Republicans, uh, 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 among a billion other things, seem to be missing that little detail. But I'll let you I'll let you follow along with that. Well, first, I want to set the scene because here's what the, the corrupt Joe Biden uh, administration was was covering up. They came into office with the Durham investigation currently ongoing and this right. five year investigation into Hunter Biden. Yeah. Yeah. And in all of their corruption, they did absolutely nothing. They didn't they didn't spend days whining about the investigation. They didn't threaten people. They didn't obstruct justice. They didn't just end the investigations. They just complied with whatever was asked of them. How how crazy? How in, how absolutely ins- how undonald like? Well, that was that was my fault. Imagine for a second the the roles were reversed. Yeah, yeah. Those investigations, like this, is to to be clear about like how this isn't even a hypothetical. Donald Trump is still under investigation or. Um, for anything or under any type of uh, criminal charges, those just go away. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's what's going to happen if he's like, there's, there's a noticeable difference between this stuff. Um, so the other thing with Hunter is they're arguing, Oh, it's a sweetheart deal. It's like, yes, again, he, he got, he pled guilty. Also, the crimes that they charge them with, they don't normally charge people with. And then their argument is, oh, Kodak Black got charged with the same thing. First off, if you remove Kodak Black's name and you just place him on a random person that's been killed by the police or um, just in the subway by a random white guy or or whatever, with the same rap sheet, they wouldn't be saying, oh, this person is is innocent to deserve it. They would have used all of his rap sheet as a reason for him to have been murdered. Yeah. Like yeah. Also, it was like his fourth attack. It was his, like his fourth charging of something. Like, yeah, maybe maybe we should prosecute more people on gun laws. But like, is that the argument that the Republican Party is making? You need to prosecute more people on gun laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had I hadn't thought of that. That that's an excellent observation. How dare we allow people to have guns? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love and it. And again, the other thing is, they're like, oh, if you, you know, no, they're trying to put uh, President Trump away for 100 years and they're doing nothing for Joe, for, for Hunter Biden. Two very different cases. You could understand that. Like, different crimes have different standards. And again, Trump could have just ignored all of this. He just gave the fucking boxes back. That's right. But, but but even more than that, the, the I, I, I said this on the first segment of the show today, that we're beyond fact is meaningless at this point. Uh, the function, congressional function, constitutionality is meaningless. This is a purely emotional uh, state right now, driven by the most frightened person in the world, Donald Trump, and imbuing that fear backwards into the people who support him because they're totally dependent on him and his continued relevance and existence for their own relevance and existence none of it based in fact law constitutionality or anything else it's it's completely nuts it's it's the antithesis of america it's donald or america we were talking about this years ago i used to talk about this on the show you eventually will have to choose between donald and america i'm not sure if i even believed it when i said it back then but we're watching that play out right now they're choosing donald in in, well, in lieu of America. Well, they're trying to expunge his first impeachment. Uh, yeah, okay. Which is weird. Why don't you expunge both? 
uh, that would that would that's a little telling in itself. But um, let's talk about the the very quickly. I want to talk about uh, the 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 new the new allegations, the Joe Biden allegations. So just for a brief count uh, remembrance, about a month ago, James Coburn and Chuck, Chuck Grassley made a big stink about this um, this unverified document that the FBI has. Basically, whatever the form was. Um, it's basically a source to potentially say something to an FBI agent. They formed this document. They they investigated, um, but it's it's an unverified document. Yeah. Uh, in this document, they allege that they have a person who knows um, about Joe Biden and uh, Hunter's uh, Ukraine uh, corruption. Right. Then I believe this whistleblower also vanished or was about to be killed, depending on which person you talk to at which time. Uh, this gets confusing because they have, because and the, the reason it gets confusing is because they're making all this shit up. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, it's all bullshit. The, yeah. the document itself may exist, uh, but none of the, the stuff in it is is stipulated. Like, like none of it is, is factual. Then we had, I want to say it was last week, Chuck Grassley went on, I think the floor of the Senate and said, look, there are tapes. There are tapes of, there are 17 tapes of this this guy have. And then they asked James Comer. James Comer's like, I don't fucking know if there's tapes. Um, they might be, but like the, the document said it is, but nobody's seen this person in like five years, so we don't know. Um, there's a new one now. There's apparently an IRS whistleblower. Whether this person is going to vanish or exist or... Um, like a lot of the other whistleblowers just never testify. Um, and allegedly he, he has documents that the Justice Department quashed saying that like Hunter Biden was in the room with Joe Biden when he was trying to get the, uh, when he was shaking down the Chinese for money or something. Um, obviously, if this is true, it's a problem. Yeah. But it's probably not true. Yeah. Because... This was information under the Bill Barr Justice Department. So the the most weaponized Justice Department possibly in American history. And if there was something that could be used to go to a Trump political opponent and could be used by the Justice Department, whether it was true or false, by God, you would have seen something done about it. Yes. So the fact that none of this, the fact that this didn't come up, the fact that the judge, the uh, the AG who was looking into Hunter didn't bring this up in five years, probably means that this is bullshit. That, yeah. that would be my yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. And then next week we'll have, I don't know, maybe we'll have phone calls attached to it. I, it it's it doesn't. Uh, it's what it's whatever the hell they pull out of their asses that week. Whatever they feel they can do in order to balance. The basic, you know, the, 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 the shit show that is Donald Trump. It's anything. They'll say and do anything. We're beyond fact. David, you and I are going to be talking about stuff. Or I mean, we, we're, we've got to be past the point of marveling at this stuff. But we can't stop pointing it out. And we can't stop saying how absolutely insane it is and how you can't run a country. You can't you can't be true to your to your to your oath of office in a political world in a governance situation and lie continually. You can't do that. It will not it you cannot sustain a country and you cannot sustain governance on that. And there's going to have to be a breaking point for this, but 
You and I are there to report about it. That's it. Well, there's one more way to do this. The obvious answer is you have Joe Rogan and a quackpot conspiracy theorist in RFK Jr. Yeah. debate an actual scientist about whether the COVID vaccine was effective or vaccines in general cause autism. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like let's let's be very clear about this. Joe Rogan is a more like just flat out a more. Uh, and he's admitted this. Uh, RFK Jr. is a conspiracy theorist in every sense of the word. Um, the fact that they want to debate a scientist is absurd, and I and I and this is something I would say when I would do like online debates and stuff. I'm not a scientist. The person I'm arguing with is not a scientist. The information that we're debating is based on our understanding of actual science. So we don't know all the facts of this. We're better at debating than some people, or we have better media training than some people. But we are not the people who are qualified on whether your opinion, on whether our discussion sways your opinion. You should listen to actual experts, which is what this fucking doctor is. He's trying to create, or he did create, a, um, a, a, a alternative to the, the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, for low-income uh, countries so that they don't have to pay out the nose to these fucking farmer companies. Right. Like, the guy's a genius and debate and the, the whole idea that debating him will, will clear it up is like first off no you don't know what the fuck you're talking about your audience doesn't know what the fuck they're talking yeah, but about that's, but, but, uh, but, but but we both know that the that the that the purpose of a debate would not be to win the debate on the merits it's simply to give the base red meat and something to be angry about. Winning it or, or being factually accurate or making a scientifically valid point is absolutely the last damn thing that any of these jerks want to do. Yeah. So, uh, and it's just, it's also very telling that RFK's, all of his backing is like right wingers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, he would... Like he missed his opportunity because he would have been a great Republican candidate. Like holy fuck, um, he he just would have been. Like DeSantis is done, um, and Trump is probably done. But if they had had this conspiracy-toting potential Democrat who saw the light because they could have run it as oh he's anti woke or whatever, yeah, he would have been he would have been a, a an actual threat to Trump. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I want your opinion on something, uh, and you, uh, you haven't really gone there in any great depth at this so far. Uh, will there ever be? Will there be a vote on the floor? Uh, I know they, they've, they've, they've shoved it into committee right now. This insane thing that Bobert and and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, had a catfight on the floor about, you know, trying to impeach. Joe Biden right now. Do you envision there actually being this thing actually being given brought to a floor vote where members actually have to cast a vote one way or the other sometime in the next month? I would think it would happen to actually have an impeachment of Joe Biden. Can you see this happening? Possibly. Yeah. I think it would probably fail. Um, I know originally when they lost the house, I went, oh, they're just going to impeach him like every week for you know, sneezing wrong or falling down or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
and then when they failed to pass their their uh, their gas stove bill, and they basically shut Congress down for two weeks, I was like, you know what? I don't think that they're, they're like capable of getting their shit together um, in this. So I guess it depends on how rabid they could make the the frontliners and the moderates feel. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think they'll like fumble fuck their way into a into a vote. Um, I don't know what it's going to be on. That, well, that, well, that, well, that was the point. That was the next thing I was going to ask you. Do you have any sense of any actual, uh, you know, you know it's high crimes and misdemeanors? Do you have a sense of anything that you've heard that would pass as crimes or misdemeanors that they are even constructing? I keep hearing something about how he handled the southern border uh, situation. I'm not sure even what that means. It doesn't mean anything. But I haven't heard a damn thing that would that would come anywhere near the definition of high crime and misdemeanor, which is what you have to have. With with Donald, of course, well, Jesus, I mean, you know, really. Well, hold on. It's a high crime and a misdemeanor. So or, no, no, high crimes. Well, that yeah, but 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 it's normally in, 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 it's interpreted as an either or for purposes of bringing an impeachment. It usually right. a, a high crime is a misdemeanor as well. So that that really becomes more of a semantic issue. But have you right. heard anything um, that makes sense? No. Well, obviously no. No. Okay. There, I, there's I, nothing I thought I was missing something. I thought I was missing something. I'm, this one appears to be the southern border. What it is, I don't know. Specifically, are they just going to say, "Oh, you let in too many brown people"? Yeah, that's um, that's it. That that that's all I can imagine. Because I don't I, I don't know specifically what laws they're going to argue were broken. Um, so they're not. I, 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 yeah, yeah. My, my, and well, then go ahead. And then the corruption stuff is is like. If they do this, they're going to lose literally every normie because the only people who understand what the fuck they're talking about are going to be people who follow politics or people who watch Fox News. Like everyone else is going to be like, "The fuck is this?" Like this kind of is what happened with the um, when they they blew up the when they he the first impeachment. Like they they muddied the waters with Burisma and Lukashenko or whoever else, right? Whatever or Fusion GPS or whatever other nonsense that they threw in to muddy the water, like. That's just what's going to happen. It's going to make because they're going to just they're going to hold up this piece of paper and they're going to scream. But here is the evidence or they're going to hold up the other whistleblower or the third whistleblower, whatever other whistleblower that they have. And they go, here is the evidence. And then. Um, and then they're like, yeah, but there's not a robbery. Honestly, if they had any if they had any balls, they would call it Bill Barr. Yeah. Make Bill Barr testify. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, that's what Bill Barr is attempting to avoid at this point, uh, and and that's a whole other topic we could we could get onto. Bill Barr is on a perpetual media tour to sort of prop himself up to avoid exactly what you just said, testifying under oath before uh, either a congressional committee or a grand jury or somebody that would look into what he did, and especially especially his handling of the Mueller report and basically how he he basically trashed the entire thing and lied his ass off and what his involvement was and what he knew and what he didn't know. But that's, uh, wow, <laughs> that's that's possibly for another uh, center-left radio show and, and for another day. And once again, uh, left to the 
notion that uh, this is why they play the games and this is why you and I keep uh, I'm not sure that we're calling balls and strikes but we're certainly uh, we're certainly watching the players and we're well aware of uh, of, 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 uh, of batting averages and 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 propensities and and off-field shenanigans and who was up all night doing what um, I'm, that's and that's probably a very weak analogy one way or the other but we need more than ever right now and I and I say this generally uh, for there to be voices out there examining this stuff looking at it getting the word out to people keeping the reality of what is going on alive <coughs> as the Republicans drift further and further into this emotional, you know, tar pit of fear and anger where fact is absolutely the last thing on earth they want to deal with, where the Constitution and the and the survival of the country as a viable political entity is the last thing on earth they care about. It's just an emotional issue between them and Donald. They don't even know what the hell they would do if they got the guy to win. They would have to take the place apart. They're starting the revenge tour in advance. They're giving everybody a heads up about what Donald's revenge tour might look like. It's nuttiness. It's absolute insanity. But it's going to go on for a while, and we're simply going to have to live through this period in our history. And uh, I want to believe, come out uh, whole on the other side, I I would also want to believe wiser and stronger but that remains to be seen, and much of that will depend on our ability to constantly look at and report on what's going on. And David, for that, I thank you, as I've thanked you many times before, and I'm sure I will be thanking you many times in the future for being here to, uh, to help us with all that. Uh, could you remind people where else they can hear you? Uh, at Twitter, at Faces Ideas, Bill. Great. Uh, and I and I and I hope you do take the opportunity to listen to David, uh, as listen to him here at Central Left Radio. You're doing that right now, by the way. And and I hope you continue to join us for the foreseeable future because we plan to be around for that and then some. Uh, with which, on this uh, Friday, the 23rd of June in 2023 where the weather could be a little bit more summer-like as not, uh, we'll, we'll compensate for that somewhat and for the insanity that we are discussing in general with a little jazz.
You've been listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. I'm sure that the loonies in the Republican side of the Congress want us to imagine that there is power and strength in the idiocy involved in censuring Adam Schiff and in talking or trying to get Joe Biden impeached. This is not power. This is panic. Understand it for what it is. It'll only get worse until wiser heads within their party step up.